Uh, so this is not a, a question that I that I ask most people to start off most of these interviews. But how are you doing, Tom? How's life? <laughs> um, I'm doing okay. I'm doing yeah. good. Um, uh, I don't like to leave home much, so I'm like I'm always kind of hectic when I'm in New York or when I'm traveling. Yeah. And since Leela and I came up with Molly Rose, it's the whole so we're a whole family unit traveling around so it's a little hectic and plus i didn't i didn't dress for the snow as you can see oh my, yeah my converse with holes in them you or what i'm wearing better here let me show you what i'm wearing today yeah yeah so <laughs> uh, you know i just forget to do these things um you miss the snow though right yeah, i mean you miss like the real no, we just came up uh the proper snow a day you know a day and a half ago so it was it was slushy but but you're here i mean you're here ostensibly for the the book tour for it's the, just two signings yeah yeah but, and so tonight. and you just wanted to Bring the family. They had just had well. Been. No, coincidentally, Leela has um, is uh, judging a contest at Scholastic on Tuesday, oh. and so it just seemed to make sense that we. And she's also part of a show in Brooklyn. I'm not sure yep. where uh, the interference. Archive. She's a dancer, right? No, but yes, but this is a this is a gallery show of, okay. of some artwork that is. Um, uh, it might be in Guanas somewhere called the Interference Archive. Yeah. I think. It, I think it popped up since we left, so I'm not really sure. But she's part of that show, and that and there's an opening or a reading that night. So since those two events were right around the same time, we decided to come up and yeah, just make it a week because we like to visit the grandparents and stuff. Like sure, that. and it's you know, it's haven't nice been to get back to the city every every so often. Is yeah, except I I have. I have nightmares about the subway all the time still. Jeff, yeah, it was delayed on the way down here, I, know, right? I was just on, and I was thinking, how much, like, my nightmare is this? And it was a lot nicer than my nightmare. My nightmares yeah. involved me well, that's good. running, like, crazy for trains that don't exist and stuff. And this was just like, oh, I have to wait a little longer for the R. And also, I took an N, got off, and realized, like, I was a couple platforms away to get to the R, but... It was not like my nightmare. So, what's uh, so in other words? I don't, yes, it's nice to get back to New York yeah. and realize it's not as bad as mine. <laughs> and then, and then, then, then get worn out after you know two days, and then go back. And that's like the perfect <laughs> amount of time for you. What is what's uh, what, what's Gainesville like? I just you know picture like Tom Petty music playing everywhere. Uh, no, I don't think there's much Tom Petty. It's it's a little more of a well, it's got. We'll talk about the music later if you want, but it's a <laughs> it's a swampy university sure. town. Yeah. in northern. Um, uh, in northern Florida, so it's not. It doesn't have beaches, and it mm-hmm. doesn't have snowbirds. Um, it's a little more southern. It's got a lot of. Uh, it looks so like much like the old old Jewish couples, right? Yeah. Not that. It's got. It looks a lot more like Okefenokee Swamp, actually. Mm. Except it's a university town, so there's lots of lots of smart people and lots yeah. of creative people, and it's and it's a good center of culture. Um, so we really like it. It's got a lot of. Um, it's got a good art scene. It's a, it's got a lot of. Uh, cheap spaces to rent. It's got a lot of great people in it, so um, so it's a really great town. It's the, its only drawback is it's v- unbearably hot in, yeah. in like August, yeah, in July, May. <laughs> it's only <laughs> a lot of September. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, you could say you know say the same about New York City weather. Uh-huh. Nobody nobody moves here for that. What what was your? Did you have a connection to the city? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I lived there in '96. Or ninety seven, no, I lived there for about a year and a half. I followed John Lewis, mm. um, who came down. Um, Jeff Mason was already living here, who did alternative comics yeah. for a long time. Um, John and I were collaborating on uh, a Japanese a, a comic for Kodansha, um, and this was in the days of like fax machines instead of email. Like we just on the cusp of email, which yeah. neither of us really had. We'd have to like borrow somebody's email address and stuff. 
Um, so I came to, to live with him in 90, whatever year that was, 96 or 97, 96, I think. And then I met Leela about a year, about seven or eight months later. She was living in Boston at the time. So we, we had this sort of, uh, long distance thing going on for, um, a few months or half a year. And then I moved out to Boston to be with her for a while. So it was this place I left and, and always liked. Yeah. And when she spent time there, she, she really liked it. And so around the end of the 2000s. In 2007, I think we got invited back to a comics conference that they have there. UF has this uh, academic comics conference. Um, it's run by the English department, and they, they um, you know, do academic papers on comics and stuff. Yeah. And so we were invited in 2007. And we just we got really used to the place again. We realized we really liked it, and a lot of our friends um, were still there, and they were older like we were, and um, they were really cool people. And we just started thinking it was a good place to move. And yeah. about and um, we pretty much started making our plan then. And we moved in in 2011. When when did the idea for the school come about? I mean, you were up here, you were teaching at uh, SVA. You know, I I don't remember it. I don't remember it not being an option. <laughs> like it, it was suddenly, it was like not being a goal, right? You know, yeah. uh, when we said uh, um, we should move to Gainesville, now it always was an all starter school there. Okay, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It just. I, I loved teaching at, at SVA. It was great. Um, I, I've never been a person to like look for a job. I just try to make my own opportunities. But it's an incredibly dumb thing to do. Mostly, I mean, it, 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 it always ends in incredible poverty. Um, but anyway, that was the plan. And so, but but I mean, it's not like it wasn't. Um, there weren't precedents, especially James Sturms, you know, yeah. um, CCS. CCS. And I talked yeah. to James and I talked to um, Robin at CCS, too, um, for how they did it and what they did and some of the things. And, you know, started mapping out how we would probably wind up being different and how we would be similar. And I'm very, I admire James a lot for starting that school. Um, you know, I'm not even sure I would have had the idea had James not done it. But it seemed like it was time for a second type of school like that. So, um so that was part of it too, and, Our, and also Gainesville. Gainesville's the kind of place where you can do stuff like that. Yeah. you can like move into town, and say I want to start this thing, and people kind of come around and say and help you out. I, I, I like how you said you know about uh, starting your own thing and, and ending up in extreme poverty. You know, mm. except when you have the brilliant idea, the lucrative idea to open up a cartooning school. <laughs> no, that's yeah, <laughs> very yeah. That was brilliant. <laughs> what what build a, uh, build a better cartooning school? And yeah. The, you know, world will build a, a path to your door. Yeah, beat a path. Uh, you know, obviously, CCS is, seems seems to be a pretty successful model in in, in what it what it does. What you know, as, as when when you're putting together the original vision, what set it apart in your mind, other than the, the nicer weather, I guess. The nicer weather was part of it. Um, the truth is, is I I didn't really know. And still don't know, except for like um, CCS is much more polished. It's got a lot. I, I just think it, it, yeah. it's got he's got Michelle um, Ollie, who who's who's brilliant at what she does, which is running the thing. Basically, um, I'm just this like scrappy art guy. <laughs> and so I, I didn't exactly have a vision for how it would be different. I just yeah. knew it would be. But and I knew it would be and I knew it would come to manifest its differences as as the years it, it, it's interesting out. yeah i mean like i've you know i've i've launched a few websites in, in my day and i think that i think it's similar from the standpoint of like 
you know, you know that when you're the driving force of something that you're just going to kind of define it by your own personality, by your own quirks. It's just going to be kind right. of like, right. what's, what's, you know, like, you know, if, it, it, you know, if I started like a comic site, people would say, well, how is this different than the comics report? And I would say, well, because I'm running it and right. I'm not Tom Spurgeon. Right, so like right. the, the things that I enjoy and my writing style and all of those things are, are going to be the things that, that come to define it. Right. And in the case of this, which is a little more resource intensive, like I need other people there. Yeah. So and um, you know, and and I need a building, and I need um, drawing supplies, and drawing desks, and furniture, and stuff like that. So you know, the kinds of stuff I can either find, manifest, scrounge, <laughs> you know, uh, bring in the kinds of yeah. people I can attract. It just it's all gonna yeah, it's all kind of different. Um, but now looking back, I can say that we, it seems like we're just a lot um, scrappier. There's a, there's a real, um, I don't want to say communal feel, but there's a real, there's a real group feel to the school. Like the teachers and the students are in it together. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of us share studio space. Like um, our main drawing teacher, Justine, has her studio space in the main school. I have mine in the sort of side school. Me and Kurt Wolfgang both teach there, or have our studio there. And around us are other drawing tables that the students can use. Um, and, you know, and a lot of times we'll, we'll come in, I don't know if it's true at CCS, whether or not they complain about their jobs and, <laughs> and work or whatever, but we'll, you know, we share with them what's going on, whether it's an outside job that we're doing, yeah. uh, you know, the frustrations with some sort of art director or sure. the frustrations with our own mental health or, but that's like that's like here is a real life lesson about how yeah. kind of shitty it is to be a cartoonist sometimes. Well, like I'm, this is what you have to deal with in the world. I don't use the word shitty, but well, but, well, but it's not inaccurate sometimes. It's, yeah, no, it's but real life lesson. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of that, and 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 but and also like you know, like I said, we're very scrappy, and sometimes it'll sometimes it just comes down to like who's got time to go buy some more paper towels? Can somebody <laughs> take these $4 and go buy some paper towels? Yeah. Cause I don't always have the time to do that. Our, some intern has dropped the ball and we're out of paper towels. So sometimes it's just like, come on guys, we're all in this together. Somebody go down in the grocery store and get some paper towels. It's, it's, it's different too, you know, from the standpoint of when we're talking just geographically, I mean, part of the, I guess this might, this might ultimately be part of the appeal of, of, you know, being a white river junction is that, you're, you you have to focus on your work because you're like you're working out of the shining i mean you know it's like you're it, it's it's snowed and every, yeah. everything around you is stopped and you can't right. really do anything else except for mm-hmm. be a student there and i assume that gainesville doesn't quite have that because there's actual things happening around you yeah and i don't know which is better I, it, it's better for everything's better for some personality sure. right everybody's gonna be a little different um, it's true that we there's a, there's a lot going on, and I think there's a lot going on, especially if you're if you're a young artist. There's um, there's there's lots of music. It all sounds the same to me, but anyway, so, <laughs> there's lots it just of just means you're old. Stuff. I know, right? <laughs> there's lots of music. Um, you know, there's some good theaters. There's actually quite a bit of quite a bit of theater. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, and there's like a there's a live storytelling event that mm. happens once a month. That's that's awesome, and I really encourage the kids to go to, go to that. Um, and then there's things on campus, and there's tons of things that I don't even know about. Like one one summer, I wound up watching um, Turkish films once a week, <laughs> and I just happened to find out about them through some random thing. And I'm sure that kind of stuff's happening all the time. And then, of course, there's all sorts of other student activities on campus. So there is a lot to do, and I encourage them to like broad, be be you know broad consumers of culture and do all sorts of things. 
Um, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it sounds like kind of a nice, you know, a nice in between space between like Wright River Junction and, and New York, where it's there's not, like yeah, too much, right, where there's too much going on. I think that's great. I think it's yeah, way too in- intense. But again, you, as you said, I'm old. <laughs> well, no, but no. I mean, I I, I I love New York, but I I didn't go to school here. Uh-huh. I went to school in Santa Cruz, right. which is probably I assume closer to Gainesville than probably. it is New York, and I. I I don't know how good of a student I would have been if I went to school. If you were in, that in distracted York. by New York yeah, City. Yeah, if right. there was that much going on yeah. if I was like, you know, 19, 20 years old, I don't think I would right. get all that much work done at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah I think that's accurate. So, yeah, Gainesville seems, to me, seems like a nice balance. How, how long has it been? Well, we started in uh, January 2012. Our okay. first year-long class was uh, uh, September 2012. So we're in our fourth year-long class. When did it start to feel like a, a real thing? I mean, you know, you're saying it's scrappy. It's kind of it. It seems like when you're talking to like kids and and parents that they're kind of taking a chance on. Not only is it a cartooning school, but it's a new cartooning school, <laughs> right? I mean, like it must have like uh-huh. who who made up that first class? The yeah, the first class it it was it was small. Um, there were six students to start. Um, one bailed pretty early and moved to Philly to have a graffiti career, if, if such a thing can happen. Um, and it did. I didn't think he's doing well. Um, so we had five students. Um, a lot of, like, uh, there was a lot of sort of ad hoc uh, tuition vouchers <laughs> or, uh, you know, yeah. scholarships. Um, uh, two were from the area. One, one of the one was um, she was just a local artist around town, and she was great. She was super great, and it just seemed to be like the perfect fit for her, just at that right time in her life. Another just happened to be in town. Uh, he had a degree in biology, um, but had always done comics as a hmm. kid and never went back to it. And he turned out really well, and he went on to do uh, a. MFA in arts and ecology, which I think he's just finishing up like this month or I think it's January. Um, uh, and then one student from New Jersey who I, re- who I recruited years earlier, I was like, I'm making a school and it's for people like you and I want you to come. And she did. That's Sally. And she's still there. And she's like our, our I don't know, one of our favorites. Um, and then um, a student from Iowa who's awesome. Uh, and he's also still down there now, Eric. It just seemed like the right fit for him, too. He had just gotten out of art school, wanted to devote a year to, to cartooning. He's mm. really great. Um, he submits to uh, Santoro's mm. um, his contests and always, yeah. like, places. He's on the, like, short list. Um, and so that first, yeah, it was just a sort of hodgepodge of um, – and then uh, one kid from from uh, Miami who just heard about us online. And, and um, he was the only one who found us on the Internet. I think a kid from Iowa, I came and gave a workshop in Iowa and he said, Oh, I'm going to pay attention to everybody that. else was fax machine based. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But anyway, so that was the first yeah. year and the second year we were like, are we going to get uh, students? And they started coming And the third year. Um, but it was the same number, right? We had six the second year uh, and the, th- the third year we, we started with 10 and then this year we started with four, 14. There's always more attrition than I realized. And this year, yeah. this year it became a new thing because 14 was more than we could fit into our space. So we had to expand. Um, and, and so, like, it, it started off pretty well from the beginning. I think this year, because of the expansion and, and having more space and actually two small locations, it really feels like it 
could be a real like center a yeah. real like education center um but then i i always take i always for, forget how much flakiness is involved in being a young art student so I've we've just, lost a couple students for I, all sorts of i'm imagining that conversation where you call up like mom and dad and tell them that you dropped out of cartooning school <laughs> um yeah i mean <laughs> th- I, what parent wouldn't say well we knew that wasn't any yeah. wasn't any good anyway so come back here and yeah. take the tenth job to the you. army with you yeah, yeah the army or right the factory or whatever yeah. i don't know what what other options there are but but, but it's interesting i mean days. it's such a small uh i mean it's obviously it's getting larger every year but but the the classes are even like 14 is small enough that right. you can keep tabs on everybody yeah we're all very friendly yeah you know um but the great thing about 14 as opposed to even 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 last year with depending upon who was sort of like it was between 8 and 10 depending upon any week like sometimes sometimes people will be gone for weeks at a time you're like are they coming back you don't know but anyway the the larger point being is that 6 was too few yeah there was only there was only one click and it was that it was that group right yeah with 8 you could kind of have like a couple subgroups and people need that, right? Because otherwise, and, and with with ten, there's at least like two or three subgroups, right? So you don't. Is, is so like, everybody's friendly. Everybody, yeah. everybody really adores each other. But you can also sort of bond a little more with with your particular tribe, even if it's just one other. But is it like the anime person. kids are over here yeah. and the? Well, no, not not exactly the anime kids, but I don't know. It's more like uh, you know what kind of music you want to listen to yeah. when you're drawing and stuff. Sometimes yeah. you know, and, yeah. and what kind of things you're gonna do at seven o'clock when you're done drawing or whatever and what kind of yeah and maybe it's a little bit we actually don't get that many anime kids really yet i sort of assume they're coming but they're out there yeah so uh, how much pre-knowledge is is, you know assumed on your part i mean i I guess a better question maybe is what is what's what's day one look like um what does day one look like well you know they have to submit a portfolio and Mm the portfolio is is basic. I'm, I, I keep wondering if I need to beef it up just a, a hair. It involves. Are they? Are they? Are they like judged? I mean, do you reject people based on portfolio? Um, I came close to <laughs> to one, and I and you know I had many discussions with that person. Actually, yeah. to, to two two people, I was like, "This is you know, we." normally wouldn't accept this what what makes for explain. a bad portfolio or not a bad portfolio but kind of unacceptable to you is it a, a sort of either in one case it looks like you're it, you don't look really interested in this mm. right you're you're and also i've had young teenagers do more interesting work than this mm. you know so i don't think you're ready yet that was one student yeah or another student was um uh well, actually, they're both similar, just with different sort of psychological profiles. It's just like, I, I just don't think you're ready for this. I don't think you understand how hard this art form is yet. And um, and I need to see that you've got at least an, an eye for it mm. and a sort of knack for a little bit of a knack for storytelling. And you're not just you're not just, you know, mouthing some cliches, mouthing being the wrong word, but just sort of mimicking some cliches and badly. You know, so I need to see some sort of like, you know, a spark of observation, a spark of originality, just a, just a spark, not yeah. that much, right? You know, it's our job to help them get to become um, better at what they do, but they got to be able to, they got to be able to look with some sort of 
perception. Well, it's, I mean, when you know, when you're dealing with you know, like only you know, a, few, a very limited number of professors and, and and classes, like it's bad for everybody if they're on completely different tracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right, and they wind up being on different tracks anyway. I mean, that that was true even when I was at SVA, yeah. and, and frankly, I was. Every teacher I ever spoke with at SVA was always wondering how certain kids got in. We're like, mm. how on earth did that person get in? And we still, I, I never, there was never a good answer to that. I don't know. And um, the, the great thing about art school is it can function like a dojo sometimes where, um, where the, the, the higher level students really help the lower level mm. students. And the lower level students, and, and actually in helping the lower level students, they're helping themselves and they're learning more and they're, they're, becoming more comfortable with their own vocabulary and stuff. We don't have that wide of a variety this year. Um, we have one or two students who are really excel, and um, and they just bring in great work every week, and it's more than anyone else brings in, and and um, and everybody else is sort of at, at a, a level that's more consistent with each other. And, and um, But I haven't had it. I mean, in all my years of teaching, even at SVA, it's, it's always been the same. There's always been. Yeah. There's been some sort of low-level students, some high-level students, and most of them are in the middle, and it really hasn't changed. How did, how did you make the – I don't transition is the right word because you're obviously still making comics, but when did you start teaching? Uh, you know, I didn't put it together until recently, but my first day was like um, one week before 9-11. And then – so my second class was – canceled <laughs> and my th- and so my second <laughs> you didn't take that as an open <laughs> yeah right and my second session was was uh yeah the week after 9-11 um how, how did why did you start doing that side of things i've always wanted to um yeah. i mean like did you study at sva for a year okay and then i left <laughs> it, like we want you uh, it wasn't. I mean, at, it was a much different school then, and 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 to be frank, it, yeah. it was full of idiots. Well, it wasn't it? Certainly wasn't a comics as comics friendly a school as it is now. Well, it was comics friendly as a. I mean, you could study comics, sure. right? But it was a, it was a, more like a trade school yeah. Yeah. for arts. for kids from Jersey and Long Island who grew up reading Wolverine. And yeah. It was really just that. Yeah. Despite the fact that Will Eisner taught there when I was there and despite the fact that Harvey Kurtzman taught there. You know, Kurtzman was definitely like the weirdo that maybe some of those kids might take a class from. I don't know if any of the other sort of luminaries were still teaching there. Like Spiegelman wasn't and I don't think um, New Garden was or Catcher or anybody like that. So it was pretty much just like Kurtz. the year I went it was Kurtzman and Eisner. And um and Eisner clearly did his best with those kids, but but again, I'm, I'm, the the problem really was the kids. Like mm. I, I didn't want to be around them. They were really dumb, and meatheads. Yeah, and and I was like, this is not what I signed up for. In my brain, I don't mean, you know, SVA gave me this like you know yeah. contract saying you will be surrounded by brilliant art students. That you sure. know what, <laughs> but um, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I just, you know, out of out of the, the college experience, I thought there'd be like just brilliant people around me, and we'd be having all these great discussions. Yeah. We, but instead, uh, it was just yeah, there was, it was like drugs and loud music and very self-involved, um, you know, bad art, and um, and then 
And that, that was in the dorms, like that, what I, I just described. And it's not the fun okay. drugs or loud music. It's the other kind. <laughs> right. Loud drugs and yeah. not fun music. Um, but, uh, but, and then in my department were just the meatheads. And like, and there were, you know, Sam Henderson and I went the same year. So it was me and Sam were like the non-meatheads. There was like one other kid whose name I forget now. I can't imagine kid. Sam thriving in an environment He stayed. Like that. He stayed, he he really? stayed that, okay. that whole four years yeah. and I left and like right away. Just knowing what I know about his personality, he must have... I'm not sure why he stayed. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to ask him. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. But, you know, he's he's really, um, he's he's got a really great observant eye. And yeah. he likes to, he likes to catalog things. So he probably That's just fair, sat, yeah. by, sat back and watched all these yeah. people and just did his thing. Like a visit to the zoo. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so that was uh, the, the real question of how I got into it or why, but was like, it, something actually kicked in when I, when I, when I had that year, I was like, I, I this is important and I wanted this to go right and someday I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right. I know that sounds crazy, but it really was in my brain. Mm. Um I mean I didn't know what that meant. Anyway, what I wound up doing was was running off to Seattle where um where Fanographics was and younger cartoonists were starting to congregate there mm. just to sort of be around Fanographics. So John Lewis was there and Dave Lasky and Megan Kelso and I can't remember if Jason Lewis was there yet, but he was soon arrive. Ed Brubaker soon showed up. And James Stern was there, I think. And, and so, like, there were at least those, us six or seven, plus a lot more, frankly, but that was our core. And we sort of, like, had our own yeah. mini-comics, I don't know, self-schooling situation. It's interesting. I wonder, you know, I wonder if you had had a better experience if you wouldn't have been as driven to make a better experience yourself. Um, if I would have had a better... Yeah, yeah if, if like if you know if there was like a good system in place, you might not have been so driven to like go out and make your own system. Um, yeah, I, I mean it's it's a good question. I don't know. Like f- for the same reason, I created my own school twenty years later or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's this weird feral quality about me. I don't know why that I just seem to like I could get a job. <laughs> like now, I mean, I could get a job then. I couldn't have gone, but I could have stayed in school then. Yeah. Right? There are any number of ways in which I could just be a part of the system in a, in a nor- you know, and there, there are systems that are probably working fine that I could be a part of. It's not like every system is corrupt, but I just, I, I don't know. I just always want, I always have this, this individualistic streak. Um, but, but you're right. If, if, since I, I did, I did feel a jettison from that yeah. whole experience. And so, you know, we, yeah, we created our own experience in Seattle and that was, but, um, long story short, by the time, by the time, I, I did some subbing. I even subbed for James Stern when he was down in, in uh, Savannah. And um, so by the time 2000 and 2001 came around and, and Tom Woodruff at SVA was making the slow transition into really looking at comics as the art form and not just the DC comics factory. Um, when he contacted me, I had, a, I had a curriculum in my file, like actually not on my computer, but in a, hard, in a, yeah. in a filing cabinet saying this is what I want to teach. Because I'd been thinking about it for years. So, so I, I guess this actually brings me back to the day one question, you know, what is, what's, what's, what's like, you know, one dot a on, on the syllabus for you? Well, we, ha- you know, we have four, four core classes, three really. Um, I teach storytelling. So the first thing I do is I, I I've been doing this for years and it, and it sounds kind of banal, but I, I have them do a diary comic but a diary comic based on in class, based on two minutes in class, and I make them interact. Um, 
That's a very meta exercise. Is it? Maybe. Well, it's literally, it's literally them writing about the experience of being in class. Yes, but they, they're they encouraged to speak to each other yeah. and, and and they don't know each I other. I think that qualifies like that. as meta. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's to... It's to both introduce the idea that they're, everybody's going to approach similar experiences in different ways. Yeah. Um, oh, not vastly different, but some, but but in many different categories. But you were actually like putting them in a laboratory and making them have the yeah. same experience. Yeah, yeah, sim- yeah, yeah, very similar experiences. Um, and then that's a great way to assess where everybody's at. And so day one is is often in any art class too, is about the teacher getting used to like, okay, where is everybody at? Um, getting the students used to each other and getting the students used to talking. And from that, we'll just hmm. – if the – depending upon where the class is at, we'll just slowly start building skills, you know, from uh, – uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do McLeod's transitions soon after, and then we'll look at page layouts and lettering and all those things. And, you know, going fast or slow, depending upon the sort of group vibe, um, uh, it's, just, it's just simple things. Um, Semester two, we'll do more elaborate things. I'll bring in some formal uh, exercises. We'll do comics that are either, you know, the same read backwards and forwards or... Um, kind of very James Sturmey exercises in a way. Yeah, too, yeah. It's Ubapo is what it is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then hopefully by that point, I've got, I've, I've got enough of a feel for each kid individually that, that we'll do some self-guided things towards the end of the second semester and I can help them figure out what exactly they want to do and help them do it well you've you've got the uh sketchbook which you know i think you're you expected that you might be doing some sketching are, are you aside from always kind of sketching are you always keeping a diary yourself um no there are times when i wish i i, I think i should be or wish i should be especially since the um some of the best work i've done was when i was taking intense like lots of notes or um diaries or dream journals like i took it i had a mm. dream journal where i would keep track of every dream yeah like four dreams a night for a year a year and a half two years i don't even know how long and it just stopped and i haven't really gone back to it but um yeah but i feel like there's a part of my uh there's a part of my life that stopped every time i stopped taking keeping a diary or whatever um i sketch and and, and write less than most people but then i realize that it goes in really intensive bursts when it when it happens it's really intensive and and I, I now treat it as like, okay, that's that's me building up some material that I'm going to want to reflect on and or whatever. Um, this actually isn't a sketchbook. It's, I mean, mm. it's mostly uh, f- carrying Zipatone around. Oh. Because <laughs> I'm signing books with Zipatone today. Um, do, do, do you find that, uh, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with big things in life, that that's when you're doing more journaling and, and, and sketching? And or, I mean, are you actually actively working through it on paper um well it's definitely true with the last book yeah um and um yeah you know i think i think i think this last book taught me especially since i reflected on i mean i did that in 2012 through 15 or whatever I did my I did my first major book. If you can call fifty six pages major, you can't anymore. But I did back then in nineteen ninety four, ninety three, or whatever. But I realized that they had a very similar process, and it was tons of writing beforehand. Mm. And I can't remember what word you used, but it seemed right. But there was lots of like trying to process and trying to um, yeah. uh, understand um, 
what I was experiencing or thinking about. So it weirdly, it, the, the process of doing the first Hutch Owen book and, and, and the Rosalie book were really, really similar, hmm. like tons and tons of note taking at first. Um, and I mean, like sometimes it's just writing down things that cross my mind and maybe it's a, a piece of dialogue or two or something I heard that's a dial- that's a piece of dialogue too. Other times it's it's paragraphs and paragraphs of trying to work out what something means or or uh you know in the Hutch Owen case uh, societal things or or sort of mythic things. How does how does the way a, a, a character behave in this certain situation? Why are they why why does it go so wrong in our society, you know, this and that and those kinds of things or 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 imagining what a character would do. Um in the case of the, the Rosalie book, it was just sort of like paying attention to what was happening and trying to process it. Um, but it, anyway, the, the, again, the situation was the same, and I wound up having like thick one and a half inch binders full of writing by the time um, by the time it was time to start drawing. And it was only it was only after finishing this book that made me realize that that's probably. It's probably the way for me to get to the deepest work is to do it in that method, since it's worked t- twice pretty well, I think, in 20 years or 20, 97. I can't do yeah. the math. Yeah, yeah 20, that's right, 20, basically, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, don't, I think I'm sort of answering a different question, but it's made me realize that, that, that in a lot of ways I think the writing needs to come first and yeah. that I'm a little more cerebral than I than than you might think for someone who runs a comic school. <laughs> like, I'm more cerebral and less visual is what I mean. Um, yeah. And so... Um, more textual, initially. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, if anything, when I am keeping sketchbooks, and when I'm... Keep, it's full of, it's mostly full of notes. I, I, I guess what I would ask then, you know, because... You know, it's in, in a way, this the, the process probably isn't too dissimilar from the process of just, like dealing with grief what you know what like a therapist would tell you to do to like to keep a journal to write these things down um did it start as i'm going to turn this into a book or did it start as i just want to like kind of figure these things out on paper they were pretty concurrent yeah um partially because i've always turned things into books i mean i've always turned thought into books or or um emotion you know um i whether or not people have seen them, I've made lots of books <laughs> in the past, uh, lots of comic books, and um, um, and it always starts with some sort of some sort of thought or some sort of um, feeling of discomfort, um, and then just trying to find a form for it. Yeah. And a lot of times that form is playful. I'm just trying to like like let it be external and and see it for what it is, which is kind of a. It, me and society have this you know love hate relationship and it's and it's comedic and so yeah. um is a very good example right, of that right and so that's but what most of my output has been but so the the writing probably started immediately and the idea that i need to turn it into form into a comic probably came very soon after mm. because it's 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 always been a healing process for me or at least a uh process of um becoming better smarter you know bionic <laughs> it's not like a bionic man phrase um i've always you know I, I think i've always improved myself by by making comics 
by taking the thoughts that are conflicting in my brain, the emotions that are conflicting, and and letting them sort of like play out on the stage or on the screen or on the paper. I, I've got to imagine that you and Lila were having a lot of conversations around whether or not it was even appropriate to turn it into a book, or was it just sort of understood? No, I don't think the, the idea of appropriateness. I don't think ever came up. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like writing. It's just a form of, of processing, right? This art form as opposed yeah. to another. If I was a filmmaker, maybe I would have shot lots of footage or something. Yeah. Um, I did take lots of photos. Um, and eventually things, most things turn into some sort of final form. And that final form is, is helps you move on th- past something. Yeah. And it's one thing I try to st- stress to my students too. Like you got to finish your books, your work, or your pages, whatever, preferably even print them. And it helps you move on to that next stage. Hmm. If you can't ever, if you can't ever reflect on it, if you can't ever put it behind you, you're still going to be stuck, and you're still going to be that person that's almost finished with something. You're still going to be that person who's not, who's a, you know, not quite done with something. If you, if you put it behind you, you can a, you can look at it with with cold eyes, which you never can. Even if you, even if you haven't touched it in 15 years. You just haven't finished it. You're still going. There's still this part of you that thinks it's. You're still working on it, and you're not going to be able to. You're not going to be wor- look at it with um, a little distance, which helps you grow. So, yeah, I mean, there really wasn't a question of appropriateness, and it just seemed. It just seemed like the, the thing to do. When, when you talk about moving on, you're talking about primarily about the actual act of making the thing, but also, I assume, the act of not moving on, but the act of processing the grief. In, yeah, in book, like is yeah. there like when the well, book is finished and when the book is out, is that like help you take it the next step on a personal level? Well, in the case of the book being out, in the case of me, in the case of my book being out, I'm not really sure because it's, it's it's very new. Yeah, because yeah, it's just come out and it's actually a little, um, uh, you know, a part of me just wants to run back to Gainesville and just sort yeah, of, <laughs> just sort of hang out. Um, but the, the, the act of definitely the act of doing the book and finishing the book has helped me sort of like just integrate what I, the phrase I've used before is, is had to integrate the experience of, of, um, Rosalie dying and, and become that person for, to whom that has happened, you know, like I can't deny it. So, and it's very hard to comprehend so it took me that three and a half years to sort of try to sort of find the the version of myself who knows who hmm. who, who is comfortable not comfortable with that but who can move forward from that or something it's, it's but you've got a know. but and you've got a snapshot of that person on on paper now like you can yeah. look at yourself right and you can almost not distance yourself because you're still you obviously but you can see where you were and exactly what you were dealing with. Yeah, and and that's been true of any any book I did. And I think it I think it's true of any artist who's who's really doing work that's even slightly personal is that you look at those those passages of yours, those those time periods, those finished collections or those sequences or whatever and you say and you can recall who that person was. And in the case of this, yes, it was the and I mean, so that's been true of all my pieces and I can 
you know, I, I know what sort of themes I was working with when I did, you know, the Sands or this this particular Hutch Owens story or this Barney Banks thing or whatever. Um, and likewise, like you said, yeah, there's this snapshot, and I can see myself in this new book working it out, trying to trying to come to sort of some sort of uh, understanding. Yeah. When when did when did Leela first read it? Assuming that she has read it. Well, she's. Um, I, I think the first time she read it in one sitting was pretty recently, but um, I think she probably didn't read it until I was mostly done with it. Okay, so she she didn't act as like an editor or. No, but I think that's more my keeping it private. I'm just sort of a often a private creator that way until I until I until I feel like something's got to has a workable until I feel like there's a workable draft I just yeah. don't want anyone to really because I'm easily swayed by other people's ideas and and opinions and I think I need to I need to work out what I think needs to be said first and then even with Leela you know so and then and then show it to people so I, I'm sure I didn't really show her much until until there was a draft. I mean, she would have she would have seen pages of course. And stuff. I, I've got to imagine that the um, the structure of it was uh, pretty difficult to kind of wrap your head around initially. You know, of of how much of yourself in the moment you want to insert in it, and how much of yourself like because because you do see yourself kind of working through the process of making the book in the book in right. a way. Yeah, you know, um, I think the book's a lot less chronological than I originally thought. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, even. Even the finished book is different than what I thought the finished book was, because people have mentioned that um, uh, there's a lot of flexibility in the structure, and, mm. um, or something. And um, I, in my brain, it's mostly uh, sort of chronological, with some um, with some just following the thoughts now and then. Yeah. So a little digressions for thoughts, but um, but maybe it's less chronological than I think. And certainly, like the first third or fourth it jumps around a bunch but that's sort of setting you setting up for for the the experience to happen from from then i it it feels chronological but anyway um you you know from that five from that like inch and a half binder or two inch binder full of notes i just um i i just i as the basic structure i used what happened you know when we were in new mexico or on the way back or back in Gainesville or on the way to Hawaii or back or whatever, I used the things we saw and the things we said, the things that happened. And on top of that, I inserted the things we um, thought or dreamt or felt or, or discussed. Yeah. You know? Um, and so th- in that, there's a lot of bouncing back and forth. And, and so themes... Themes that are not that are not about actions, or, you know, the themes that themes aren't really about actions. Um, they do bounce around a lot, and so I I, I did that with it just a lot of um, just a lot of intuition. I just you know I, I edited tons out um, and just went with what felt like it followed the 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 way the book wanted to be, which I, I think wanted to be a, a a a book about how to how to move forward. How to, how to in, again? I'm going to say that word again. How to integrate it all? Yeah. Into. How to integrate 
the experience into my own being so that I can be a new person to whom it's happened to and not destroyed by it. And, and the, the, I mean, the process is inevitably going to be a part of it because, I mean, obviously, like, you're somebody who thinks a lot about process. I mean, that's right. probably a big part of the reason why you became a teacher. Right, right. Yeah, it's true. And it's the first time I let myself um, talk about the process or, or, sh- or let process be part of the content. It's the first time I've let myself do that, which yeah. I should have given myself permission to do a lot earlier, I think, um, because it's true that that's really important to me and sometimes um sometimes my favorite stuff to look at in other in any art is i'm always looking at the process i'm always looking at and you know the the finished work is an is an artifact of that process and sometimes it's grand and beautiful and other times it's less um less so um but so yeah this for for what it's worth this book made me realize that i had to sort of change some of my thoughts about what my own comics should be so yeah the the process of it came into it a little bit um there are other things that changed too like i I was never one to put other people's um other cultural uh artifacts or other other cultural sort of art um art into my books right but this i I quote like tons of movies in this book yeah and and songs and stuff and i would never ever do that i thought that was kind of banal well that well that and that and the the process thing i mean that's just a part of kind of being honest with yourself right yeah i mean yeah. And, and painting a, like a true picture of who you were and where you were at the time I and mean, these were the things and like you know every time this is i mean obviously this is a huge thing but even like the small things that you deal with you know you you remember songs you were listening to you remember the movies you remember the things that like either exacerbated things a little bit or, or made you feel right. a little bit better and those are those are part of the process of dealing with things yeah and I just tried to I just tried to pay attention you know to I just tried to be alert and um, and uh, and document it the best I could yeah, yeah. Um, so so you did the book release you did you did an event last night at the last night at Barnes and Noble Barnes and Noble um, are you are you far enough away from the product? I mean, is it how, how emotional is like, like going up and like ta- not only talking about it, but but I assume you know reading it in front of people. Um, well, it's um, it's not. I it's a little strange for sure. Um, I think doing a lot of it in a small period of time might be a lot harder. Yeah, and so I have to talk about it tonight too. Um. And I've talked about it in the past. I mean, you know, like, you know, on a stage or in front of people or whatever. Um, but this this amount of um, the density of it uh, last night and today and tonight, I think it's a little weird. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know if that'll change. It's yeah. It's just a little weird. Are you, you know, I've talked to people about their, their works before and it seems like, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. I can't think of any specific examples, but you know, it seems like maybe the like the most emotionally difficult thing about the process is when you encounter other people who have been through something similar and who are now using your book as kind of a tool to get through it. And it's it's still the early stages, but has that been a part of that happened last night? That happened last that night. That was intense. Yeah. 
somebody um, came up to you afterwards or yeah during, yeah after yeah. the reading yeah um yeah and they bought five books <laughs> i think four at least um yeah um you know I just take my strength from actually from John Darnell, the mountain goat. Mm. We're kind of friendly, and he um, yeah. and he has these incredible long lines after concerts at the merch table, and he just has um, just person after person, probably just half weeping, yeah, and <laughs> telling them them their stories. And I know it's hard for him, but he feels like he has to listen. I mean, he feel not feels like he has to listen. He feels like it's his sort of duty to be there. Um, and he gets through it, <laughs> and I'm, and that's like night after night, and he does yeah. like long tours, and I'm just talking about one Barnes and Noble event or whatever. Um, so, but but it, yeah, it was intense. I don't I don't know, um, I don't know to what degree that'll that'll change, but um, uh, you know, I didn't like. I mean, there was always a part of me that thought the book might help people. Yeah, it really, I really, really did it to help myself, and I know. It sounds oddly, oddly trite to say that, but I—I I don't know. I think I, I just feel like sometimes people expect a different answer. Like they want to know that I was trying to make something to help other people. But. Well, I don't think it's trite. I think it's the opposite of trite. I think trite yeah. would be like, yeah, I—I I, I knew this was going to oh, yeah, maybe <laughs> help yeah. every single person who read it. Yeah, I, I think I think again, I think it's a much more honest answer to say like I was just working through my own stuff right. in this book. That right. was the point. You know, right? Well, yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> no, but then, but then, but then, you know, taken with that is the understanding that, like, um, God, I don't know, I don't even know how to say this, but like that, that like this still has to be a thing that other people will enjoy is not the right word, but that other people will appreciate, that will want to read, and that will. It can't. I mean, it's not a self help book, right? I mean, it can't just be a book for people dealing with right. that specific right. thing it's, right. a, it's a comic it's right you know. and on the and on the opposite end it's not a horror story either like i yeah. the it, very early in the process i realized that it, what my original plan was i'm it was i'm just going to tell every horrible detail so people can see how horrible it was and i, I i'm not sure why i thought that but I soon realized like that's um, terrible, <laughs> and, yeah. I, and and luckily I both didn't want to draw it these these horrible details, and I also didn't think anyone wa- would want to read it, nor should they. So, um, so that changed too, right? So, I mean, that was probably the most significant point where I thought where I considered the reader, but it also happened to. to jibe completely with what I wanted to do right like I didn't want to draw those details and I didn't think anyone would want to read it anyway so it just seemed like okay I'm just going to stay on this track um, and again I mean I, 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 I like of course like the idea that, that people would read it and in, you know while working on it in process I of course thought you know this will be you know I tried to make the book the, the story clear and legible and, the, and, the, and make sure that the 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 narrative worked um so that readers who weren't me <laughs> could understand it so that you know i took the reader into account that much but but um but again it was mostly just me sort of working things out but because i have such a love of structure and narrative putting the structure onto it and putting this form onto it was the way 
I could process it. Did, did you, uh, prior to, uh, do you have to be out of here by a certain time? Ooh. Oh, pretty soon. And on this one? How, how long is it going to take to get to uh, 63rd and Lex? 63rd and Lex. Um, what time do you have to be there? 6.30. I'll, I'll let you go now. Let's let you go now. I'll let you go now. Really? We, can end, we can end on that. Yeah, yeah. You That's sure? fine. That's a good place. Give me one more question. One more question. Prior to um, th- this and knowing you were going to do this book, and you know, um, I, I, you know, I know you've you've done personal stuff, and obviously, like you've channeled personal things through uh, other characters. But did you? I mean, as somebody who like makes journaling uh, such a big part of the curriculum, did you ever anticipate that you would do something this personal? No, no, no. No, never. Um, I've always, I've always valued, uh, fictionalizing experience or fictionalizing, um, emotion and, and finding non real, uh, ways to, you know, to externalize and find form. And, um, but when this happened, it never even questioned it. I just was going to tell the story, mm. which is weird because it's not the, the it's not the first memoir I've done. I, I when I was twenty two or three, I did a really small travel narrative, travel log that was all prose. Yeah, and and I did it in the same way. Like I, the the I I got the the experience finished, and I just sat down and wrote it like immediately after because it was intense. It was intense in the way something's intense to a twenty three year old. Yeah. Um, and I, I often forgot it. I even, I don't even think I thought about it during during making this book. But it's not the first, the first time I've done something like this. It's interesting though. In order to do something that personal, like it's gotta, it's gotta just pour out of you for you to channel it that way. Right. Yeah. No, I guess that's how it works yeah. for me. I mean, everybody's different. I've heard people say that you can't really tell experiences for. It's gotta be. Everybody's got some prescription that's gotta take a number of sure. years to process or yeah. something. Before, but I don't know. How long was the period for you? I was writing immediately yeah. and, and I started drawing like, you know, on Bristol board, um, six months later, something like that. There you go. That was Tom Hart. Thanks so much to Tom for, uh, for taking the time for coming down to my office, for speaking to me. Um, obviously uh, a lot of very 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 difficult topic some some difficult topics to broach there uh but really really enjoyed the conversation thought it was uh, fascinating thomas somebody that i've been wanting to have on the show for a while it's been oof i don't know you know probably like seven or eight years since the last time i sat down and had a really lengthy interview with him uh but he's been teaching comics for a long time he was at sva here in manhattan and uh, more recently open up the uh, sequential artist workshop down in florida so he is if you want to talk to somebody about teaching comics um if you want to talk to somebody about how to talk about comics he's definitely the guy to do it uh and then of course uh has put out some great works over the years as well all of the the hutch owens stuff that he's done and uh, rosalie lightning which uh came out in in january um not an easy book as you no doubt gathered from uh from this conversation it you know it deals with some uh, very very difficult subject matter but it's a very very important book and, and definitely worth everybody's time um so thanks so much to him for taking the time to do that really really enjoyed that talk uh thanks to brian as always for editing the show together thanks to everybody at the boing boing podcast network if you like this show many other fine shows for you to check out over at boing boing.net you can also uh check us out over at itunes and while you're over at itunes you should take uh, take the time to rate us because that's uh that's podcast currency right there that's how we we get people for the show 
uh, you know, show them all the many uh, enthusiastic and, and, and happy listeners, all the five-star reviews we have over at iTunes. So please do that. If you've got any feedback, it's riwildcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That is the first and best place to get all of your R-I-Y-L-related information. That's riwildcast.tumblr.com. We've got a Facebook. You can like us over there. That's about all I got. So uh, stick around because we will be back just about this time next week with another episode of R.I.Y.L. 